0: so hello Sarah welcome to the podcast and I just wanted to give you a huge big welcome and just thank you for wanting to come and have a chat with me today I was uh, super inspired or I have been super inspired by you online Um, the way that you show up with business. And, you know, it's just really, it's an amazing message that I just really wanted to share this with other people online. And I think the medicine is so powerful. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to have a chat with you today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for inviting me and for your kind words. That means so
2: much.
0: Oh, awesome. So if you would love to just begin to give us a bit of a history about you and where you've come from and where you are now Mm -hmm. and what you actually do. Okay. So
1: I will, I will try and keep it as brief and and as brief as possible. Um, So my background originally was in archaeology. When I was a really young child, I kind of had this sense of like, I feel like I don't really understand my modern culture. I was like, Oh, there's something really missing here. And so when I was kind of 17, 18, I was like, well, I kind of think the answers for me are in the past. So I became an archeologist. I was an archeologist for 10 years. I went down the academic route, did my PhD, blah, blah, blah. And specialized in ancient history, ancient archeology, span which I loved, which was amazing. And the institution, academia, not really for me. Um, I just don't really, really like having to feel like I have to fit in a box. Yeah. Um That's I don't strange. like Yeah, I know. Who would have known? Um yeah, and I just felt like I had to kind of suppress certain sides of me, mainly my priestess witchy side. Mm-hmm. Um, because academia wasn't a place where you, you know, you spoke freely about the kind of things that I can speak freely about now. Um, although I was down with like crystals in my bra and you know, whatever. And so I left and I was like, oh God, what do I do now? And I'd already done my yoga teacher training. So this is what, like, coming up to nearly 10 years ago. No, 10 years ago, I did my yoga teacher training. I was like, well, I can just start teaching yoga. So moved to the Philippines, as you do, and started teaching yoga there full time and just had this moment. I think it was a couple of weeks in where I was like, okay, I'm really good at this. And it wasn't like teaching yoga in the sense of, like, you know, the postures and stuff. Yeah. Like, I felt like I was channeling something. I was holding space for people. People were coming, like, going through a transformative journey. um I was really lucky because my teachers, um Steve and Sarah, had, our teacher training was a little bit unorthodox. So I was really lucky that it wasn't, you know, everything was about asana and that was it. Yeah. It really was. Asana was like Love the cherry that. on the top. Um. So, yeah, that was the first moment where I was like, I'm really channeling here. And I don't know why it was a surprise to me because at the same time as being at university and going through all my studies, I was working in like a hippie crystal shop for like eight years. So I was really surrounded by all these concepts and things and met the weirdest, most wonderful people and came into contact with so many different um, modalities and ways of thinking. But for the first time, it was my job, you know, and I was kind of earning decent money as well. I was like, really? Like, I don't have to have a job. I don't have to do the whole nine to five thing. I could maybe do this. Yeah. So stuff in the Philippines, like, I was there for, what, 18 months, maybe, maybe less than that. And um had to leave for a few reasons, which I won't go into Um mainly that I was pretty much working illegally and um, that was one of them um, and Absolutely. I was like oh, so time
2: to it's time
1: to leave um so then I bought a one-way ticket to Portugal because I was like I want the sea um started teaching yoga there and then a lot of a lot of people were like do you work remote like do you work with people one-on-one and I was like oh, What do you mean like do you coach or like do spiritual guidance and i was like could do (laughs) um so i started i started space holding one-on-one coaching back in 2017 so i'm pretty seasoned now um learned that for the most part there was this knack this ability that i had then of course I went and did some you know various trainings and things like that just to make sure you know that I know what I'm doing um and then yeah this is where I felt like I really stepped into like what I call in my book the way of the priestess um my priestesshood that was when I really started to feel that I was in alignment with you know my dharma what I'm here to do and It's kind of evolved, really. It's it's really evolved into the kind of space holding that I do today that I call Regenerative Alchemy um, that really helps. My work is really about helping people to transform pain and challenge into healing, purpose, growth and resilience. Um, I do a lot of that within kind of like the business coaching world, but I also work with people who are, not you know, coaches or healers, but I work predominantly with coaches and healers. Um, and I'm now training people. And a lot of my work is somatic-based because I have found that mind-based coaching and therapy is not as powerful as somatic-based coaching and therapy where we are really working with a person's holistic being. So we're not just working with their mind, we're working at the level of the body, the nervous system, energy, environment, um, cultural context. Systems like we're really situating a person in their wholeness and working with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's what I'm up to in the world. Wrote a book, have a podcast, and
0: yeah, I
1: had lots of time and cuddling my dog. That's that's my life. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. Are you still in Portugal?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. still in the half now. We bought a house. Oh, well, good. I say we bought a house, the bank owns half the house, but um, we bought a house couple of years ago and we're really yeah we're really rooted here for now
0: that's awesome I love Portugal it's such a magical place
1: it is it is especially where I live on the west coast because it's a little bit like we're really in the sticks and so it feels like we're really on the last part the last edge of Europe so all the craziness that's happening in the rest of Europe we're like really the last to know and I'm talking about like years decades later so it's quite
2: nice
0: yeah that's good isn't it so, yeah, thanks for sharing your introduction. Um, it's super interesting. Uh, but I'd love to ask you what your, what's your most burning desire to share with your work? Like, what do you really want people to know and understand?
1: That they are the medicine. And that they're their own medicine and that they're their medicine for others. I'm in the process of writing book number two. And really that's what it's all about. Like even, so I work a lot with traumatic imprints as well. Um, and trauma is a bit of a buzzword these days, which I think is great. It's great that we have that like realization. Um, But I think sometimes we get over fixated on the trauma and the, and the rupture, right. You know, oh, it's my wounding. Oh, you know, got to be careful because everyone's traumatized. Well, Yes, and coupled with that trauma, coupled with the wounding is always the medicine as well. Yeah. Like that's how we're wired. We are wired to heal, we're wired to grow. And all we have to do is create the conditions for those that natural medicine to come online. Like our bodies know what we need to do to move things through, right? And we just have to like stop and listen and hold space. Um, for ourselves and others for that to happen. And I think this is true for us as individuals, but I'm also really, really conscious and aware that this is true for us collectively in terms of like all these crises that we are facing right now. This is social justice um, movement. There is the climate crisis, you know, this also applies to that. So my biggest burning desire to answer your question is that we all learn how to tap into this regenerative um, ability because we all have it. And yeah, I, you know, when I work with clients, I'm like, I'm I'm not the person that has the answers for you. And I'm not here to pathologize you either, which I think is a lot of old paradigm, Western psychology and psychiatry. You know, my job is to help you to just release in your own time, in your own pacing, yeah. What's been holding you back and to yeah, to help you co-create the conditions yeah. so that you can access your own medicine. And that you know, when I use the when I use the word medicine, you know, it's it's quite a broad term, but really I'm just talking about yeah, I'm really talking about like medicine on a, a kind of more localized level where you you know, like your body just knows how to heal certain trauma and certain like like with a physical wound your body knows how to heal like it's the yeah. same with our like psychological wounds and somatic wounding yeah. um and then on a wider scale it's like how can we share what we're about with other people because i believe that that's medicine as well
0: totally yeah uh yeah it's amazing what you've shared um i so agree <clears throat> and that's how i work as well Um, Just I want people to come away knowing how to tap into themselves and know how to slow down and just listen because, you know, really all I'm doing in a session is asking questions so that they can access that. Um, Because, yeah, like everything we've been taught is how to not trust ourselves um, so it's just learning how to trust ourselves again and you know how to go back to those times. You know, of course there were some traumatic ancient times, but you know the high ancient wisdom is all about tapping into that inner magic and alchemy. So yeah, I just I love that was one of the things most I was drawn to you about with your work is, especially in the business world.. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's everywhere, of course, but especially in the business world. And I've been stuck on this like countless times, you know, being the feeler and the healer and the one that just wants to bring my medicine to the world and just going, well, I just want to help people. I don't want to do this businessy stuff, you know, because it's just so like in the head. And I just, you know, there's been so many lessons I've learned from hiring mentors and just about, following my own
1: path
0: and expensive lessons and you know but it's all it's all been you know appropriate you know it's nothing's in vain but yeah I really Mm -hmm. respect how you do that um with business because I think it's very needed and there's a lot of people that can feel really lost Mm
2: -hmm. and lonely
0: in this journey and they just want to share their magic so yeah do you want to chat about that just a little bit you know add some of your flavor and magic into that piece
1: sure well first of all I want to massively validate what you just said I think this is a really common experience um particularly you know marketing selling Mm -hmm. it doesn't come naturally to most of us that want to you know share our medicine and help people it's it's something that has to be learned right And then it's really interesting because I've kind of, I've been in this industry, what, since 2017? So we're talking six years now, six, nearly seven years. And the industry has changed a lot. And I feel like it's got fairly aggressive in certain pockets in terms of the marketing and selling. You know, it's really, it's started to become about the numbers and hitting certain, you know, um, very arbitrary financial Uh, milestones and you know when I first started you never heard and six figures now like I don't know well it's just exponentially growing 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 all the time and I think the problem is that when the emphasis is just the marketing selling then I'll prepare for clients I don't think it's possible to maintain both at the same time. I think there are seasons when client care has to be set front and centre. There are going to be seasons when it's growing the client down. I think you know, those of those of us that have invested in these flashy marketing mentors or whatever and paid a lot of money, um, they... my feeling is that oh are we back
0: yeah sorry it's it's cut out I'm not sure why (laughs) yep oh I just
1: double checked yeah okay cool you might have you might want to edit that bit um so what did so yeah so go
0: back to like sharing about the six figure stuff because that's really I like that that's really juicy
1: (laughs) yeah so I mean that was the thing back in the day that was what everyone was everyone was yeah. aspiring to and i remember even then being like Ugh, i don't need that kind of i and the the truth is i still where i live i still don't need that kind of money i think when you're living in places like australia and america it makes a bit more sense because the cost of living is a lot higher but yeah um so yeah, I think that the, the issue is that there's just such a heavy focus on marketing and selling yeah, and not enough focus on, on client care and really, yeah. really supporting clients. And I think those of us that have spent that kind of money on marketing mentors, let's be honest, they probably weren't that skilled at holding space. They were just very, very good at marketing. Yeah. And... I think for those of us that aren't business coaches we are you know the healers of the world Mm -hmm. we're not there to help people market doesn't necessarily work so well for us um and yeah i think i think the there's i think things are being shown now there was like there was like a long reddit thread at the end of last year really calling out a few coaches and their tactics and a little bit nasty I was I was kind of like looking and seeing what was happening there and I,
0: <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs>
1: and I agree with some of like a lot of what they were saying but it started to get a bit nasty and I think there's just a lot of resentment and um yeah you know I have a lot of clients come to me and they are they had really bad experiences and they're really worried about working with someone again yes and I always tell them you know <laughs> you have to work with me but this let me model what good space holding is let me model what it is to be seen and witnessed and allowed to grow in your own time and the way that I think that my work works better than just if I was just giving a bunch of strategies because I've done I have done that I've done the whole kind of like here's the strategy thing and wondering why you know especially with certain group programs I did years ago I wondered why it wasn't as effective and the, the reason is the embodiment piece yeah if people are still operating from their default nervous system responses or they're not embodying this kind of way of being that will actually help them to sustainably grow like build grow and maintain a business then it's not going to work Yeah, so that's the piece that I always come back to with clients first is like who are you being and we map out their whole embodiment before we even talk about strategy yeah. and sometimes the first few months are really just about that
2: yeah
1: and then the strategy business strategy emerges from your being mm-hmm. and it's like it does Like it just doesn't even matter like any any business strategy can work
2: yeah like, really
1: any business strategy can work. You just have to be sold on it and it has to be in coherence with your gifts and how you best present yourself. Yeah. Um like there are no tricks, there yeah. are no tactics. It doesn't work like that because you might be able to get a quick increase of, of growth or whatever, or a quantum leap or whatever they want to call it, but it won't be sustainable because it's or it won't feel satisfying because it's not you
0: yes yeah exactly I say that as well it's like any strategy works yeah but if you are trying a strategy which I've done so many times trying a strategy because I think it works but it doesn't feel good to me because it's too structured or it's too like you know fear-based you know which I've realized a couple of times in that strategy Mm -hmm. then it's not in alignment with your being, and that's not how you manifest things anyway. It's like everything's just got it, yeah. So, I've learned big lessons with that. Um, but yeah, it's I I
1: it. the learning curve, you know, it's all a learning curve. And it's like, you know, I've done it as well. I've done marketing where I'm now like, I look back from years ago and I'm like,
2: oh god, are we, yes, not
1: <laughs> you know, like the fake countdown clocks and the oh god like it's just not (laughs) and I have a client who um who she's relatively new to uh business and we're in a we're in a group and she sent she sent her pitch to us and um in it was like she was um her old mentor had told her to talk about money objections and like speak to money objections so she was sent like she was giving up her pitch to us and it was really beautiful really like wow I really felt this like this energy of like I'm here to help you this is why it's great and then it kind of like went into the you know because Ew. if you would spend money on a new car you should spend money on this or it was, I don't think she said that but it was something along those lines and I was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. My body just went like that, mm. like brace, Like I protect myself yep. from this because it feels used car sales
2: Yeah. I,
1: and I asked her, I said, you know, Does that is that really what you want to say? Because if it is, that's fine. And maybe I just don't resonate with it, but it's really what you want to say. And she sat and thought about it. And she was like, no, that's not me. Aww. That feels really ick. And that's it was right just now. really- yeah and you know i know that her pitch will be it's only happened a few days ago i know it will be received much much better yeah because nobody wants to be sold to everybody loves to buy we love to buy we want to you know this is a belief i have we want to hire help we want to work with people who can help us so long as their messaging really resonates with us but nobody wants to be sold to and if anyone's you know cold DMing or handling objections I'm like that people's objections are valid and totally. secret so you know like I'm not going to bulldoze through them because if they yeah. have objections totally. it means that the system isn't ready yet you know
0: yeah that's right and it just you know I've done that before thinking that that was the right thing to do at the time you know but Of course, moving through that, I'm like, oh, yuck. Like that was just what I thought that, you know, there was some place in that where, yes, there's an opportunity to coach someone if they do have a money block or they do have that, but there was times where it went far and then I I didn't realise at the time. I just thought, you know, I'm learning from someone and, you know, whatever. But, you know, it feels like this yucky manipulation Tactic well, it is to someone to invest <laughs> in you, and it's just really at the urgency of you wanting to make money. Yeah, yeah, you know, make the business work or have a full sold out program to show on Instagram or you know whatever that looks like. It's um, yeah, it's all real BS to be honest. But you know, of course, again, the learning curve yeah. and
1: absolutely, and there are I can think of like. Years ago, there are a few people that I I know I was a bit pushy with. You know, I'm yep. talking about five. I always know I was
2: pushing, um,
1: and I still feel like I feel like oh man, you know, I really regret that because it wasn't the right time for them, and they knew that. And yeah. so I thought I was being, I was like advocating for their growth, but yes. now I know I understand how to work with the nervous system. If someone says to me, I don't have the money for this. My job is to believe
0: them. Yes.
1: That's it. You know, sometimes it depends on my capacity. Sometimes I'll be like, all right, well, is there anything that would work for you?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And we'll see, you know, we'll see if I can offer you something based on that, where I'm not giving them the farm, for you know nothing but I'm like okay well you can if if I have the capacity and you're saying that you you could afford this a month all right well maybe that gives you a 30 minute session yes Um, is that you know I probably wouldn't I probably wouldn't offer that actually because my work 10 we need time for it but still like, like and then if they're like no it still doesn't work like no worries yep you know like but I rarely get myself into conversations like that now because I'm like far along in my business that there are certain um, systems and processes in place. Yeah. Like where even to get even to even get on a feeler call with me, someone has to pay a little bit of money to yep. get on a feeler call with me. Because, but I, that would never have worked. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, like okay. I needed, I needed people in front of me. You know, getting to know me. Um. So yeah, that rarely, rarely, I really, rarely come up against um, objections, but that's because, because I don't speak to people. Yeah. I'm not there, in my content, I'm not speaking to people that would have objections in the first place. I'm speaking to people that know that they want to hire. Yes, yeah. And have cash to. And also I think another thing that I was really bad at was being upfront about my pricing. And so now my pricing is laid out on my website. It's also in the application form. Like people know where they are. Yeah. And yeah, it means I get a lot less applications, but I also get a lot less um people who apply and then actually can't afford it. Totally. So yeah, I think up upfront pricing is the most trauma-informed thing we can do. Um and very often, like, we're afraid to put our pricing on our website because we think it's going to stop people from applying. But the thing is, like, yeah, it should stop people from applying if, they, yes. if they're not ready.
2: Correct. You know?
1: And so, yeah, I historically, I never did that. And I only started doing that maybe a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it's been a game changer just yeah. for everyone. Yeah. I'm kind of audition.
0: Totally. I kind of do things like that too because I'm like, well, why the fuck not? Like, you know, I want to be vulnerable. Like part of me showing up in this work is like being a leader, which means I get to be vulnerable as well and like share, you know, and just be really honest and open and that's how I want to be. And if someone doesn't align with that, then great, that's fine. But at least yeah, I don't like that feeling of hiding information or withholding or you know playing these games to like you know because if they want gonna I, work uh, with you they're gonna work with you and then that's just end of story
1: And <laughs> you know like when you know what like the bs that's taught as well in the industry which is like you know if they if they want to work with you like it doesn't matter what the price is they'll find a way yeah. and I don't agree with, I don't agree with that because actually you're like when I'm looking at working with a with a coach or a mentor the first thing. I mean i am always I know if I want to work with them or not or I wouldn't be on their application page the first thing I look for is the pricing to check is this something that is manageable for me if I can't find it I'm not going to even apply because suddenly I'm like in you know I can feel my body being in like resistance to something's not transparent here trust there's no trust already and you know I have um have an amazing mentor and coach that I worked with last year, Rachel Maddox. She's absolutely brilliant. She's yeah. doing another. Um, she's doing another group uh, mastermind, and the price is a lot more. And I was like, I'm going to have to sit with this, and I'm not sure I can make this decision right now.
2: Yeah. And like, we have
1: to normalize that that that's okay to be Probably. like. Doesn't mean anything about our mindset if we're not willing to invest. Yeah. Thirty k whatever it is that you know it's like we we should be treated as um sovereign beings and we should also treat other people as sovereign beings and so yeah that's that's my two cents about it
0: and also it's like you know what if you have a call with someone and they just don't align with you like that's a possibility as well doesn't mean to say that because they get on a call with you like they owe you to work with you you know so it's yeah that too that's the whole point of the call and it's not an opportunity to sell to the person it's like you know they know and I always get people to just tune in for a minute and we do this together and I'm like you don't have to share with me now but tune in and just see if this aligns for you and if this feels good to you (laughs) And if yeah. it doesn't, you know, like you know in your heart and soul if this feels good to you right now. And if it does, then you'll find a way. And if not, then maybe next time.
1: You know? I love that. And the more that you give people an opportunity, a real deep opportunity to say no, yes, the the more if they do say yes, you can really trust it's a deep embodied yes. Like yeah. I always say to people first of all you don't have to decide now um and second of all if it is a no it doesn't like i'm not going to be upset it doesn't matter you know that's- i'm I, I don't need you as a client yeah. you know
0: that's, that's right that's the
1: truth you know because i don't, i know
0: like- yeah in the past i've worked with people that um you know i've made a way to work with them and like catered to them and it wasn't the right client
1: yeah you know
0: so I've been there as well so it's like it's all about trusting that whoever walks through the door is the right fit for you at that time um but there's just there's so much talk in the business world about like you've got to decide in 24 hours otherwise this offer ends you know all of that stuff it's like this is just re-traumatizing you know each person and like help and not allowing us to trust our inner knowing again and again and again you know if there's that urgency to make a decision um from scarcity on the coach's part
1: yeah yeah absolutely and it, it speaks to the main imprints that that we're dealing with collectively as well of exploitation and extraction yeah. so Whenever I am seeing a coach celebrating their seven figure year and it's all about them and they're not talking about the, the client results as well and what their clients have experienced, then I see through the, that lens, I'm like, okay, you've extracted money from your audience. Like what have you actually offered back in return? Right. And maybe you've also exploited, some people are exploiting with their marketing tactics. Extraction and exploitation, the imprints that are leading to that have led to all sorts of things colonization the climate crisis like these are the mechanisms these are the patterns and we to help people
2: yes we to
1: help people and we also get to be resourced we also get to be well resourced we also get to receive in exchange like I love money I love the fact that I earn really good money from doing what I do. I love the fact that, you know, I have savings and investments and things. I love the fact that I'm financially secure and safe.
2: Yes. And
1: because of that, I can be a safe place for people coming in to explore, working with me. Because I'm not thinking, I'm not seeing them as a... A stepping stone to achievement whether it's a financial milestone or I'm not seeing them as a a way to pay my bills you know and so I always give the same advice particularly if anyone's like new in their business is like if you feel yourself operating from urgency and you're you know you're not sure how you're going to make the bills the next month find other ways it's not like find other ways of bringing money in like it's not it shouldn't, there is this narrative of like, oh, I quit my job and like, yep. you know, now I'm an entrepreneur and, and then they find they're in deep shit. And I've had clients, you know, I've had clients who I've actively encouraged when they've said, oh, I've seen this part-time job, but does that mean I'm failing? I'm like, no, no. Like, would, would it feel secure for you? Yes. yes. Okay, go for
0: it. Yeah. And money is money. Like I'm, I'm doing um, cleaning work on the side at the moment because... <laughs> I took a big pause in my business last year. I had to figure out what I really wanted to do moving forward and I wasn't going to rush that. And so I was looking for work for ages, couldn't find it anyway. There's like jobs being advertised everywhere, but I just couldn't find one. So I just started cleaning and I'm still doing that. And it's just like, you know, there's a couple of things in this. It's like, you know, I love the idea of being the humble servant, however that shows up you know and like how you know we're in this light working space like the other thing is how do you know where you're light working like is it just in the healing space or are you being called to work in the light wherever you are so you know there's that too but it's also it's just money like it's coming in it doesn't matter how it comes in I think you know if if you're embarrassed to do certain things, it's also, you know, wounding and scarring from this entrepreneur, like hustle, kind of leave your job, leave your nine to five. It's embarrassing to work in a nine to five. Well, you know, we need people in nine to fives. It's just wherever you feel exactly. aligned.
1: Someone, you know, yeah, that's the thing. I think there can be this like snobbery or this like almost contempt for that world. And it's like, I, I have friends who are in nine to five jobs that love yes. them that are absolutely amazing. And to be honest, if I could be doing what I was doing and paid by somebody else yeah. I had the- <laughs> that I had, like, I would do that. Yes. Yeah. But there was there just wasn't a space for me yeah. back then. Um, so I forged it myself. And yeah, when I first started this coaching business, my partner and I were yeah. We were like volunteering at a yoga retreat for like four months or something. Yeah. Like I was, I was like making breakfast for guests and yeah. teaching a yoga class and we weren't getting paid. We were like, we had our, we were living in a yurt. Yeah. And we had a food store and sometimes we get tips as well. And um, yeah. And then, you know, when I had a spare hour, I'd be like working on a website or creating content and I never felt embarrassed, actually. No. I just always was like, this is so cool. I have the freedom to do yeah. this. And I'm going <laughs> to do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm not financially stressed. Because totally. I don't do I don't do well when yeah. I'm financially stressed, as most of us don't. Um, yeah, so honoring that. And like, yeah, you know, you're cleaning. You can listen to your podcast. You can, totally. you know, it's amazing. Like, totally. you're getting paid to learn.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um... I was going to say something then, but I forgot. Anyway. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's that, but you know, what would you, I wanted to ask you about um, investing in yourself and that whole notion of you've got to invest in yourself. Like what's your view on all that? Cause I do think it's very important. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, there's also a distortion within the industry yeah. of that as well.
1: Yeah, it's, there's a lot of nuance to this. It depends on context. So yeah. um, it, if you are living on the breadline, then investing in yourself may look different. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think it's not smart to put yourself in financial difficulty because an online coach has said, like, you know, you've got to take the leap. You've got to invest in yourself. Um, I believe in smart investment. So I yeah. believe in... I believe in, like, the best investments I've... And I've invested a lot of money in help, in my education. um, But I've always... The the best ones have been the ones that I've done it from a place of knowing exactly what I'm going to be working on with this person. And having a real good understanding of their experience. I don't care about credentials. Credentials I don't give a shit about. But experience and their ability to yep. actually hold me that's really important
0: um and you can tell you, know, you can tell yeah way, like how embodied they are in their you know in their experience and everything
1: yeah just from a few conversations from yep. what they're writing about but yep. you know it's not always easy there've been a few investments I've made where I got really sold on the hype
0: True, me too. and
1: True. it was like it was like the hype of I don't know quantum like it was a feeling that I felt when I was consuming their content around this and I was like oh yeah I want me some of that but actually what I was investing in was something really really not tangible and you know it wasn't a a lot of money in the grand scheme of things like maybe two thousand dollars but I remember like seeing some of the live streams that was being offered from this thing and I was like oh my god what the fuck like
2: Oh no. Why oh. have
1: I gotten in this? And taking responsibility for that? Yep. Like I got sucked in, but also yep. that coach also has a responsibility to live, to deliver really really good work and if they think that's good enough whatever. Yeah. Like I'm sorry that should have been membership prices. That's how I see it. Yeah.
0: Um have you I ever think also anyone have you ever challenged a um, coach on
1: for- no and I should have and I should have done, but I think so this happened what like two or three years ago. There were two investments in quick succession and they were all part of the same coaching bubble. Yep. And, yeah. And you know, I I think back then I also thought like, well, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm just being negative. You know how we can like have these like narratives about ourselves? It's
2: like guess well, maybe I
1: it's was. just yeah and everyone else seems to be having a great time so i'm probably just like this probably just isn't resonating with me mm-hmm. and now i'm like no this was really fluff yeah that was you know i i'm sat here paid quite a lot of money to hear you talking about like to share your stories
2: yeah. but nothing
1: about the value or any real deep practices and yeah, yeah. um now i now I would say something
2: yeah
1: but I also I just wouldn't invest in that like I just wouldn't invest in it for me what I look to invest in is working with someone one-on-one
2: yeah
1: or working in a very small group yeah so mastermind but not like a big mastermind of like 20 people or something I want to feel really seen the last mastermind I was in I was one of four and my mastermind the coven we have a maximum of six yeah everyone everyone has equal space. And I think it's just like recognizing that actually, like when you're investing in something, the witnessing and being seen Mm -hmm. is just as healing and as important as the information you're going to get, if not more important. So yeah, yeah, be discerning. I think investing in yourself is I think it's important I don't think it's necessary I don't think it's necessary if you want to grow but I think that if you're in the space where you want people to invest in working with you yeah and you're afraid to invest in working with others
2: yeah
1: that's not something that might be circumstantial maybe it's just you literally don't have the the funds but there might you know incoherence to maybe get curious about um yeah so like don't shame yourself but yeah if you're if you're working if you're wanting to work with others like And you're not
0: investing in yourself.
1: Like it's something to look at, you know.
0: Yeah. Integrity a little bit, you know. Like obviously it depends on the situation. But I know for me, I looked at that once and I was like, oh, my God, I'm expecting to get clients and I'm not actually investing in myself. Yeah. For me, that felt out of integrity. And I was like, I didn't even think of it that way. I didn't realize that. And then I did. And then, you know, magic happened, of course. It's like, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. looking at where you're blocking your own energy, um, you know, not allowing anything to flow. But yeah, that's, it's really powerful Um, what you just and then,
1: and then what I will say is like, I once had that realization as well, like what, six years ago, I was like, oh shit, like I'm, you know, I've, I've got all these clients and I I, I need a coach, like otherwise, like a coach without a coach. Oh my God. And then I hired someone out of from that fear of like, oh, I'm out of integrity and I didn't take space to hire this person and it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. So like you be aware of that.
2: Totally. And
1: to be really discerning <laughs> and be like, right, okay, I'm on the lookout now. Like I'm yeah. ready when it's when it's the right person, when it's the right price for me. Yeah. And you know I don't believe, especially in the beginning of business, like I do not believe that you should be shelling out tens of thousands yeah. in investment. like, yeah, no, I the way I see investments now is like ten to twenty percent of your revenue is a fairly good shout, yeah. you know, so begin with maybe you're earning two thousand. Three thousand, whatever a month. Then, like, if you can ten to twenty percent of that, if that would be doable, that's a good shout. But any more yeah. than that, and it's like, yeah, you see it as like a tax on yourself, or in it, yes. or like, or a, or like investing in your future. But like, you know, it makes no sense to be spending all your say or your entire savings yeah uh, when you're so early on in business. Because the truth is that. 80'm I'm, I'm using I don't know if this is just statistics statistics are right, but like you know like let's say 80% of people will not actually build their business to anything significant. There are many reasons. it might be that they're just it's not for them yep or they're meant to be doing something else and it's something they're trying on. So investing that kind of money so early on, now I invest 10, 20 K or whatever. And I'm seasoned enough to be like, I know I will get a return on this investment because this is what I'm doing, you know. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is my my dharma and this is not just something that I'm trying out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are trying out the online coaching thing.
0: Yeah, you're sorry. You're doing this work as well. So you're more embodied in yourself and you know what to look out for, you know, the cues and, you know, you know where you can be patient, holding back on Mm. certain decisions and just taking your time but I love what you said before about you know using discernment so when you're looking at a coach to really like if they really care about your growth and your empowerment in whatever space they should be okay to wait for your decision you know and help you through that in a a gentle way
1: absolutely absolutely and yeah like any urgency has tendrils in wounding yeah simple as that yeah you feel any urgency in yourself that's you might be might just be operating from your wounding
2: Yeah,
1: and same if you feel it from anyone who's working like you're thinking about working with there's any urgency that's not to say you know I like if a prospective client has said yeah I'm in like and I'll be like right okay you know i i like to give time frames as well it's not like okay if you're in like or you know how long do you need to decide oh i think maybe a week okay cool let me know in a week i like to create like little containers so i know that everyone knows where they're at because we have to take care of our energy as space holders and if you have like five clients who are just like waiting on telling you but you don't know when they're going to tell you that doesn't feel energetic be clean either yep. so that's something I do I'm like okay how long you know how long do you think you need if yep. someone says okay. like 24 hours I'm like great and if they okay. say a week great yep. like take as long as you need
0: exactly
1: um, and the same with like payments you know I'm if someone says yes I'm in I'm like great would it be okay to have the first payment with me by a week in a week within a week yeah yes just let No, know if not like we just agree and it's yeah. just about consistent. You know and i think that's where a lot of uh, space holders and healers we can flip too much the other side as well we're like well whatever you want like it's all up to you and it's like but does that also yeah. work for you as a business owner and we typically we tend to go into um yeah like a foreign response a people-pleasing response totally and you know we have to also manage manage our time manage expectations you know manage decision making like yes give someone time but also you're a business owner and you know it's it's okay to ask people how long do you absolutely
0: and like anything like there's always two sides to the same stick like you'll be talking about one (laughs) topic and there's two truths to that depending on you know it's getting the balance right or the circumstance right or the The context right and working within that so yeah I love that um yeah yeah, no that's that's so good you know I was going to I found myself in the last week wanting to make a decision to invest in someone but then I was like no stop Mm -hmm. breathe Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. this and then I realized I was going to think about it you know I felt something come up for me and then and then i realized you know in opening my mystery school there's part of this mystery that i have to go through as well and you know i want to um be an example where i alchemize my un- discomfort as well and i realized that that was a part of my process and part of my almost initiation into opening this mystery school was going through that little bit and things mm-hmm. since I did and I decided to do that myself, things have been flowing beautifully. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's just another nice reminder to not, you don't need to rush for help if you feel discomfort, you know, it's, yeah. again, it's like, just sit with it for a minute. What's going on. And then I, you know, coach myself as you do and go back into the thoughts where am I feeling discomfort, you know, asking mm-hmm. myself all these questions and then, It was just a fear of mine that I wasn't going to be able to deliver what Mm. I wanted to deliver because I want to help people. So, But then I realised, no, I've got to chill out and just stop and pause and slow down and just get back into the flow, you know, watch something funny, like go and have some fun and just take my mind off it. Um, Yeah. Uh
1: it's uh, super normal like i just want to really normalize going through that particularly yes. because you know, birth to something you're putting something out into the world that really matters to you and there's no guarantees yeah like, that's like that's the thing like there is no cert uh, like there is no certainty that it's going to be how you want it to be first time round or whatever and like really we have to learn how to be with that discomfort of yes. of uncertainty and I think that's where yeah that's where like I always say this to my clients like I cannot guarantee any particular outcome within any particular time frame when we work together that's but what I can guarantee is that we are paving the way for certain outcomes if they're aligned to happen in their own time as they're meant to and so yeah like being with uncertainty is the hardest thing as an entrepreneur it was
2: you, was,
1: you don't know you no. don't know what's going to happen you don't know how you're going to deliver it like yeah. when it's the first time so when people say oh I've got imposter syndrome and I say well it, you know is this the first time you've done this yeah well obviously you're going to have imposter <laughs> syndrome like have never done it before you know I exactly. think normal
0: yeah,
1: so it is. Oh, big, yeah, big, big love to you. That's, that's oh, really cool.
0: Thank you. So I wanted to ask you about priestessing in business. What's your idea of that? Um, How mm-hmm. does that look when you're priestessing in your business?
1: So I guess it's, I mean, it's fairly overused now, but I'll just say what comes to mind, which is that like, I'm a channel, like I'm an interface, I'm a vessel
2: yeah.
1: and I yeah. see I see things systemically. I see things collectively, and I see that there is this big shift happening. There's this elevation in consciousness um, happening, and my job is to play my part in that yeah. and to be a bridge between the divine and the material. And you know, the way that I see and experience my priestesshood is, it's not. Um, it's fairly. It's fairly grounded, actually. Yeah and you know I'm not there wearing all my robes and um well yeah maybe sometimes actually but like you know Nothing it's
0: wrong with that it's just you know yeah I think you know yeah that's it but I think that you
1: know we can sometimes get really really caught up in the ceremony of it all yes that and there can be actually quite a lot of I mean since I wrote The Way of the Priestess there's been so many more kind of priestess accounts and things like that coming out and I think it's great but it's very um there's a certain look it's a certain aesthetic and it's it's almost like you know I I wonder if this takes away from what it was actually happening like can you be you know can you be operating from that priestess energy when you're walking your dog and you're in nature like that's that's also how I experience as well like I talk to trees and plants all the time like you know And I think it's just like, yeah, I think like with anything, it was the same with the goddess movement. We just got to be careful where like ego is coming in yes. as well. And I mean, ego is there. Like we've all got one. Yep. Like, no worries. I've got one just like anyone else. So <laughs> not like, oh, hey, do don't you know, ego. No, I definitely do. Um, but yeah, just be, being mindful of that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, priestess. Not getting in some heart. Yeah, you know, anyone can. Anyone can say that they're a priestess, you know, if they're wearing the robes and they're burning their Palo Santo, and (laughs) you know, and I'm just like, for for me personally, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking it. I do that to you. Um, But for me personally, it's about understand. I don't think we can be operating from our priestesshood if we're not understanding where we're situated in this space and in this time and this cultural context and in these systems and I believe that you know if it's just about the 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 tricks and the aesthetic and the you know it feels good to take on the identity of priestess because it's kind of spiritual yep i i think that you know we also need to be understanding that um for many of us even being able to to engage in those kind of practices is a real privilege you know i think in terms of i was watching this documentary on uh native americans and their use of peyote the the psychedelic uh, that in the that contains mescaline the psychedelic and how they had to fight for their rights to use that in ceremony because it was it was banned, it was illegal. And I was like, wow, there is so much. And I was thinking about where I live and there's like, you know, San Pedro, Wachuma, Mescaline ceremonies like all the time around here. Mm. And I was thinking, wow, it's such a privilege that we can do that. And they, these people have had to fight for it. And actually I realized that's not my medicine that I, that I shouldn't go anywhere near that because it doesn't feel right for me it's not it's not my culture it's not my medicine um i'm really digressing here but like
2: yeah, it's really- fine it's great
1: <laughs> so yeah it's like having um recognizing that the immense privilege in in being able to um show our i guess some people would call it woo i don't really like that but like you know like showing that and being able to to be out the spiritual closet and how for many people um yeah. depending on certain attributes and certain cultural contexts and where they're living it's Mm
2: -hmm. they're not
1: able to do Mm -hmm. that so we have a responsibility as well to where am I going with this yeah we have a a a responsibility to situate our priestesshood in wider context and make sure that what we are doing is not just about us and the elevation of our lives but like recognizing that we're part of something much much bigger Um, and that really does mean leaving our ego at the door and doing what's right the collective.
0: And making it practical, you know, every like I I'm, I am woo-woo. I love it. But I'm also I know that I'm very grounded and practical because that's where it counts. You yeah, know, I know, I go and do my circles and you know like it's still grounded but we get into the woo-woo as well, you know, but and that's where I, I love doing that because I love doing it and I feel like I'm part of a sacred ritual and it's just whatever I feel called to do but yeah. you know i'm also down at the beach having a beer with a couple of you know girlfriends like it's whatever it's it's that's not it. a look it's not a you know it's not a yeah it's yeah. it's um doing everything with sacred purpose i think
1: mm-hmm. yeah and,
0: you know it's not about a ritual it's not about the things you know you don't even have to light crystals or whatever it doesn't matter um but yeah I think yeah I you know again there's two sides to the same stick (laughs) yeah (laughs) and
1: I I love that because of what you're saying there is it's about being authentic as well yeah absolutely and I think that what you spoke to is you know a lot of people thought this like years ago when I was teaching yoga you know like aren't you supposed to be like this way and this way only where you're just floating around with a soft voice and like you know ahimsa no harm to anyone blah 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 and then like you know but uh, in the evening I'd be having a cocktail and yeah. laughing hysterically at something really really rude yeah and
2: exactly.
1: I, you know and I think that's we have to let go of those kind of identities. Mm. It's not about how you dress. Yeah. It's about feeling... It's about feeling deeply connected to your purpose in the moment. And your purpose can be... It, I mean, that's living our Dharma. Yeah. Really, knowing, what am I here to contribute in this moment? Like, what am I here to contribute in this conversation? What am I here to contribute... And they can be different things, you know, like you were saying, like about when you're cleaning, like that's still part of your service. And I think that's so beautiful because it's true. Like it's your savor, it's your devotional work. And yeah, I think sometimes we get really wrapped up in this, like, I have to find my big, amazing legacy producing purpose. And the world, our world is not built upon um lots of people doing really really big things nice. our 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 beautiful world is built upon ordinary people yeah. contributing in ordinary ways and you know my hope is for the, the our collective future is that we let go of this idea that our medicine has to be big that we have to build these like empires I mean can you like there is nothing more colonial than the concept of building an empire
2: what yeah. the actual fuck like, why are yeah. you aspiring
1: for shit yeah. like you know, you know like I've, I've had to really sit with this as well Of like you know do I know I would be doing my work for you know a few days a week yeah. and then I'm off like with my friends, or walking yeah. local dogs from the shelter, or whatever it is, you know that's also just as important. Growing veggies in my garden, although I'm struggling right now, you know, like they, this is just as in, this is just as important. And so, uh, dharma is about like I like to define dharma as you have a glass of water. Someone in front of you is thirsty. You've had enough water, and you offer that water to them. You know
0: that's what, that's what is. for sure yeah I would so agree with that and um you know to my women as well I say that you know you don't have to be a healer or anything to be a priestess like a, you can be a mum as a priestess it's like how are you embodying your divine feminine presence and your human yeah. and yeah. your you know ethereal like how are you bridging that together how are you getting the deepest connection within yourself you can go to the supermarket and compliment a stranger someone that hasn't smiled for maybe a week and compliment them and you see how that you know shifts their presence you know that's the stuff that's important Mm -hmm. um i mean all of is, but it's yeah it's not like you said it's not this big grand like you know gates of heaven purpose
1: <laughs> and it can and it can be for many of us it is but some of us it's a little bit more grounded you know and that's just as as just as valuable you know it's yeah. just as valuable and when people say oh, I need to know my purpose I'm like you're living it you're just not conscious right. of it
2: yeah, That's the truth. Exactly.
1: Like, you're just not aware that actually you have a purpose in your family or at your work or wherever it is.
0: Yeah. It's Because if you're only here for today, you know, and you're mm-hmm. still chasing this big purpose, then what was the purpose of that? What was the purpose exactly. of that last day?
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it, I think it speaks to capitalism as well. Mm-hmm. And this idea yeah. that, you know
2: we have to be
1: we have to be productive and success is accolades and status and materialism and um yeah we have to really in us it's there in our spiritual narratives now and we have I believe we have to uncouple from it really yeah yeah yeah. you know and it's kind of it boggles my mind that in our industry for example that you know you and I would be seen as less successful than someone who is I don't know making a shit ton more money and like yeah like a boss babe and it boggles it absolutely boggles my mind because like you know I I can speak for myself I can't speak for you Natasha but you know I know that I am so in coherence with who I am I love the work I do like I have a really good life and I'm like if and I'm very, very healthy, mentally, mostly, and physically. Can that not be called success? Do you know what I mean? The top who's, and there are people at the top who are struggling, really struggling, even the ones that say that they're spiritual and, you know, they they have this, this image that they have to keep up. So I always think of that. It's not about a hierarchy. I just think we need to also find what success is for us and then live it.
0: Totally. I was having a coffee with a friend the other day and I said to her, I'm like, I, are you there? Yeah. Oh, you're there. Yep. Yeah. I was having a coffee with a friend the other day and I was saying to her, like, I know I'm successful. I feel successful because I love Mm -hmm. what I do. I know I'm making a dent somewhere and I'm living with what I'm supposed to be doing every day. So I feel successful. Um yes yeah, so I, yeah, I love you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it kept cutting out again.
1: Yes. I could one. I could hear
0: you. Yeah. Sorry. There's one more thing that I wanted to talk about just quickly about leadership and entrepreneurship being messy and not Mm. being polished, you know, because that's something that, you know, I've had to work on constantly surrendering that, you know, like this, okay, this is not supposed to look like a A, B, C, D, E, F, G process. It's like you go from A to P, then you go back to C, you know, it's like very, it's like putting the pieces together of a puzzle. So I wanted to into that because um if there's anyone listening that feels less than because they're you know and everything's not in perfect alignment or the process isn't right like I've never ever felt like I have moments where I feel like everything's running amazingly but for the most part it's not like that (laughs) so what would you say to that
1: well it just speaks to that uncertainty again you know like there's and the mystery that you're you're speaking to as well. And yeah, like embracing the messy middle. This is something that I teach my students, the ones that I'm training in regenerative alchemy. Like we have to embrace the messy middle. Yeah. And that that's where, if we are patient enough, that's where the magic is. If we can trust the process enough, that's where the magic is. And I know it's a massive cliche, but it's true. It is and true yeah you know it's taken me years to yeah it's taken me years to feel like I actually finally know what I'm doing
2: really yes. it's taken me years,
1: like <laughs> it was so, if you look back on the history of my life and the history of my medicine um, my business like it was really 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 messy yeah. um now it doesn't feel so messy now it feels yeah. like okay like you know I know what I'm doing, but then I know what will happen is there'll be another evolution and it will feel messy again. <laughs> so cute. it's just, it's just, yeah. Nobody has their shit together. That's the, that's what I, like all the time. Um, That's what I have learned. Nobody has their shit together all the time. And um, I think, you know, the best thing you can ever do in your journey is just to cut yourself some fucking slack and oh to... Be kinder to yourself. Like you are where you are. And it may not be where you want to be right now, but it's probably where you need to be, maybe, for many of us. And you know, just you're doing the best you can. It's all gonna be okay. Just keep going. Well, you've got support. Make sure that there are people in your life that love and
0: support you.
1: Um and just yeah, keep going.
0: No matter how it looks. I love that. I think that's a perfect and beautiful way to end. Um, So thank you so much for entering this conversation with me. I think it's really important. Um, So if there's people that would like to follow you um, or work with you, how can they do that?
1: Well, I would recommend before you even thinking about working with me or anything like that, maybe check out my book, The Way of the Priestess, A Reclamation of Feminine Power and Divine Purpose. Um, And also I have a podcast called The Rise Priestess Podcast. And if you're interested in some of the things that I share on Instagram um, about nervous system and grounded business advice, then you can check me out at Dr. Sarah Coxon.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. Um, I really appreciate your beautiful magic and your wisdom and your time. So keep shining and your beautiful work. And, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you.